Today on Bold Steps, Mark Job explains what it means to be a true and authentic follower of Jesus. They have incredible riches, spiritual riches that are theirs. They've been given a position in God, but oftentimes live their lives as though they were much less than who they are because they have not quite understood how God sees them and what God has given them. Welcome to Bold Steps with Mark Job. Mark is president of the Moody Bible Institute and the senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. We're working our way through the book of Ephesians, an exciting new series of messages designed to show us what happens in the life of someone who truly and authentically, Mark, believes in Jesus. Yeah, and Wayne, the Apostle Paul starts the book of Ephesians with our identity, who we are, what is our position, how do we relate to God? And this is a message that's so very important because I believe that even so many Christians don't really understand their position and what you know can really change you. That's the title of this message from our series, When You Believe, Everything Changes. Here's Mark Job. His name was Victor. He felt like a loser. He didn't do very well in school. In fact, when he was about 16 years old, a teacher advised him that it would be better for him to drop out of high school and get a job. So he did. He got one job and he lost it, got another job and didn't do too well, got another job and another job. By the time he was 32 years old, Victor had had 76 jobs and not done very well at any of those jobs. That was about to change. He applied for his 77th job. Part of the hiring process at the 77th job was that they required some tests, personality and IQ tests. Victor took an IQ test. The normal average IQ was about 100. Victor tested at 161. In the range where they consider it the range of a genius. When the results of the test came back, the the person giving the test said, you have just tested in a range that we call the range of genius. Victor was flabbergasted, shocked, surprised. It was a changing moment for him. He was never to be the same. In fact, it so altered the way he viewed himself, so changed the way he perceived himself, that Victor Serienko went on to become famous for his research in laser surgery and became the president of an organization called Mensa, an organization for geniuses, all because a test said that he was special. Oh, you see, Victor had always been a genius, but he did not know who he was until the revelation came. I run into so many Christians that are that way. They have a lot at their disposal. They have incredible riches, spiritual riches that are theirs. 
They've been given a position in God, but oftentimes live their lives as though they were much less than who they are because they have not quite understood how God sees them and what God has given them. Well, I'm praying that for some of you, this passage in Ephesians will be what Victor Sayerenko's test was him, an eye-opening experience that kind of reveals to you who you really are in God. So are you ready this morning? All right. We're going to be reading in Ephesians chapter 1, beginning in verse 11. It says, in him, in Christ, uh, we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity to the purpose of his will. We saw this last week, but let me just reiterate it, that you, in Christ, you were chosen, chosen before the foundation of the world. You were chosen even though God knew who you were and how you would be. God knew your character and your weaknesses. God knew your name and your middle name and your last name and the names they called you in school when you were growing up. God knew your blood pressure and God knew your heart rate and God knew your genealogy and God who knew all things about you chose you in advance to belong to him. He fully understood who you were. And he fully understood all of your weaknesses and your propensity to the failures that you have. And yet, understanding all of that, God still chose you, predestined you, because God knew in his foreknowledge that one day you also would believe and choose him in return. That's a powerful thought. Listen to what it says. Listen. Having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity to the purpose of his will. In order that we, who were the first to hope in Christ, may be for the praise of his glory. I like that. God chose us, predestined us, in advance knew that we would be chosen because in his foreknowledge he knew also that we would in turn believe in him and choose him for the purpose of the praise of his glory. God understood that your transformation would lead people to praise him and say, look what God has done in him or her. Thank God. And it says, it tells us here, listen, verse 13, and you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having believed you were marked in him with the seal. Here's how it works. God knew you before you were born. God knew who you would be and how you would be. God did not orchestrate that you would sin even though he knew you would. Let me just clarify. There's a difference between foreknowledge. There's a difference between foreknowledge, in other words, that I know in advance, and the actual uh, making someone do something. God knew that Adam and Eve would sin, but God was not the author of evil. 
How many of you are tracking with me? Just kind of nod your head. Just because I know something doesn't mean I've made it happen. Uh, Some people believe that because God knows it, he must be the author of it. Because God knows that you will fall doesn't mean that God wants you to fall or makes you fall or orchestrates your fall or desires you to fall. He knows the future, but he's not the author of evil in any kind. He knows He knew that Adam and Eve would sin, but he was not the author of their sin. He wasn't the creator of their sin. He wasn't the planner of their sin. He he did not desire them to sin, but it doesn't preclude the fact that he knew that it would happen. And for some people, it's hard to understand the difference between foreknowledge and actually making something happen or responsibility for it. When God chose you before the foundation of the world, he knew that one day, one day, oh, I love this, that one day you would choose him in return. When you were still raising your fist at God, and the only time you used the name of Jesus was to, as an expletive in your swearing, when you uh, criticized Christians, When you laughed at holy rollers, God already knew that he had chosen you. God already knew that one day you would believe. God already knew. He was just saying, oh, wait, wait, because yours is coming. God already knew in your hardness that one day you would bow your knee and weep and repent and say, I've had enough. Jesus, I need you to be my Savior and my Lord. I repent of my ways. I invite you to come into my heart. You see, he already knew that. It didn't catch him by surprise. Even when you were swearing at God, even when you were bitter at God, even when you were hard against God, God already knew that the day and time would come when you would bow your knee to his lordship and his sovereignty because God is a God that knows the future. So it says, you were included in Christ, you were chosen before, but you were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and when you believed, you were marked in him with a seal. The moment that you believed, you were marked. You know, the problem with tattoos is that they just don't change. You change, but your tattoo doesn't change. When you're 16 years old and you're madly in love with Susie and think she'll be the love of your life and you'll never break up and you could never love another woman and you put a big heart and say Susie on your arm and when you're 18 you don't even know where Susie is (laughs) but let me tell you you still have that tattoo because you have changed but that tattoo doesn't change I had a guy that I was uh, lead, mentoring, I was helping in a Bible study, and um, one day I showed up at his house, and it was kind of warm, and we were meeting for a Bible study, and he said, Pastor, I got something to tell you. He says, I really don't like this. I said, what? what? What's wrong? And he put out his leg, and he had on his leg a big tattoo that ran up all the leg, and it was a tattoo of a naked woman. And he said, now that I'm a Christian, I just 
I don't like it. It's a big naked woman on my leg. He, he said, I got an idea though, Pastor. I'm going to go back to that tattoo guy and have her dress her up. He was going to make her a little bit more modest, put a little clothes on this woman. And I, okay, whatever. You, you see, because the thing with the tattoo is you change, but, but, but your tattoo doesn't change. It's a mark that doesn't change. Now, here's the thing. The moment that you believed in Christ, you were marked. It tells us you were marked. Now, what kind of marking is that? It says you were marked in Him with a seal. And we'll explore what being sealed means in just a moment here on Bold Steps. By the way, if you ever miss any of Mark Job's teaching on the radio, you can always catch up by going online and listening at boldstepsradio.org. And for even more convenient access to these messages, be sure to subscribe to our podcast. That way you can enjoy listening to these daily Bible lessons while you're out for a hike or hitting the gym anywhere you go. Just open up your podcast app on your phone or mobile device, search for Bold Steps with Dr. Mark Job, and tap the subscribe button. When you do, please leave a comment and a five-star rating, and then share the message you're listening to with a friend. And did you know that you can also find Mark's teachings available on YouTube? By subscribing to the Bold Steps channel on YouTube, you can watch Mark's insightful teaching videos and topics that really matter. Things like marriage, addiction, purpose, and what to do when you simply feel like giving up. So log on to your YouTube account, search for Bold Steps Radio, and click the subscribe button. The direct website handle is youtube.com slash at boldstepsradio. Well, as we're learning, what you know will change you. We're at Ephesians, and once again, here's Mark Job. Now, let me talk about that for a minute because I want you to fully understand what's a mark and what's a seal. The seal has to do with how they sent correspondence and official letters in those days. I think it was, I was talking to a high school student not too long ago, and they told me that one of their assignments in their class was they had to write a letter, put it in an envelope, put the address put a stamp on, and mail it. And these were juniors in high school, and the high school student was telling me that a whole bunch of people in the class didn't know how to do it. They just didn't know how to send a letter because we live in the age of text messaging, emails, Facebook, and in their world, they never have to send a letter, right? But in the world that Paul lived in, they had to send letters often. And the way that they would authenticate a letter is they would take a, uh, someone would write a letter or an official document, they would put it in a scroll, tie it usually with the ribbon, they would melt wax on the place where the, the paper would meet together, they would melt wax, and then they would take a signature ring or an emblem, and they would put the imprint of it on the soft wax. So when someone received this note or this letter, this official document, they would look at the wax signature and they would realize that this is an authentic document, not a forgery, but this is the real thing. When you came to Christ, the moment that you bowed your knee and came to Christ, 
you were marked, you were sealed, uh, you were given something that authenticates the fact that you are truly a follower of Jesus Christ. It's called the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, the moment that you came to Christ, the Holy Spirit is deposited in your being so that in the spiritual realm, when, every, when anybody looks at you, from the angels to the demonics to God himself, when he looks at you, he sees the mark of God upon your life, which is the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. That cannot be erased. That cannot be taken off. That cannot change because you may change, but the mark never changes. It's the indwelling of the Holy Spirit of God. You were marked in him with the seal, the promised Holy Spirit. Now, I love this about this passage. Who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is the third person of the triune God. Now, this is difficult for some people to understand. It's difficult, I think, for all of us to understand in one way or another. Uh, there's a lot of... Uh, aberrations of Christianity that have developed out of a misunderstanding of the triune God. But in essence, the way the Bible explains it is we, we worship one God, not three gods. Uh, we have one God that we worship, but that one God is manifest in three persons with the same essence and the same nature. And those three persons have different functions. They're not three different gods. They are three persons that exist in one God. So therefore, when we pray, we pray technically. I, I know you say Jesus when you pray, and that's okay. I know you may say Holy Spirit when you pray, and that's okay. But technically, you are praying to God the Father. Your access to God the Father comes via Jesus the Son, the mediator, he is giving you access to the Father through his uh, death and resurrection. He gives you a way to come before the Father. And you know what to pray and how to pray because the Holy Spirit inside of you gives you wisdom to know what to pray, how to pray, who to pray for. So you pray to God the Father via the mediation of Jesus empowered by the Holy Spirit. It's God at work in your prayer, but functioning in three distinct ways. Does that make sense? Okay, some of you does, some of you does, some of you are still trying to wrestle with it. So you are sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit. Verse 14, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession. So the Holy Spirit functions both as a seal, which authenticates you, and also functions as a deposit, guaranteeing that this is the first of more to come. Now, let me explain that for a minute. When you go to make a big purchase, like a house or a condo, and you go, to the, you go with the real estate agent and 
You see the place and your wife and you look and say, yeah, it's it. We really like it. You want to know how much it costs and you negotiate. And once you go to sign a contract, the very first thing that's required along with the signature of your contract is what? A deposit. Normally 10 to 20%. So let's say you're buying a a, uh, a building or a house or a condo for 200,000, 10% is 20,000, 20% is 40,000. So you have to be able to put down on the purchase that you are getting 20 to $40,000. Why? Because they want to know that you are serious about this and that you're not going to walk away from the deal. They want to know with your signature that you are guaranteeing that there's more to come and that this is just the first of much more that's coming their way to pay it off, right? In the spiritual realm, the deposit of the Holy Spirit in your life is exactly the same thing. It's a prepayment, a pre-deposit. You have been purchased The scripture tells us you have been purchased by the blood of Jesus so that you are God's possession, but God has, he's given a deposit, which is the deposit of his Holy Spirit, and he's telling you, the Holy Spirit I'm giving you is going to do all kinds of things. The Holy Spirit's going to baptize you with love. The Holy Spirit's going to give you power. The Holy Spirit's going to guide you when you're confused. The Holy Spirit's going to convict you when you sin. The Holy Spirit's going to give you gifts that are supernatural to help you know how to minister. The Holy Spirit is going to grieve when you grieve God and rejoice when you rejoice in God. The Holy Spirit is going to go before you and go behind you. The Holy Spirit's going to protect you. The Holy Spirit's going to constantly live inside of you. And you think that's a lot, but that is just a taste, a foretaste of what all that's coming down the road. It's a prepayment guaranteeing that you belong to God, that nothing can take you away from God, and that there's a lot more coming. Second Corinthians 1.22 says, he set his seal of ownership on us and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. I love that. There's more that's coming. You say, well, the Holy Spirit has taught me how to love. Hey, listen, the little love that you have right now is nothing compared to what's on its way. This is just a foretaste of the power to love that's on its way. You're listening to Bold Steps and the Bible teaching of Mark Job. Today's message was called, What You Know Will Change You, and you'll hear part two of this message next week, so please keep listening. Mark, as we live a life of faith in our world here today, you know, sometimes we get caught up in all the... uh, all the excitement and all the debate, and uh, the, the, the debate can get kind of loud at times. Do we enter into that or not? <laughs> There's been a lot of loud voices about a lot of things in the last couple of years. Some of those things are very important things to talk about, and politics and race, and uh, a couple years ago, the vaccines and COVID, mm-hmm. and, but they're very polarizing. And uh, I believe that 
Christians have a voice into this, but we cannot get distracted by our main calling and message. And our main calling, our main message is to point people to Jesus and to the cross. And so the voice that we raise pointing to the cross of Jesus, being clear without getting sucked into the vortex of all the loud yelling and uh, polarization that everybody else is in, it's important that we be clear about Jesus. We have to have a brave, clear voice continually pointing to Jesus. And that's why we have this resource that can help everyone find the courage and conviction you need to have that own brave voice for Jesus. It's a book called Brave by Faith. Author Alistair Begg uses the prime example of Daniel in the Bible to show us the type of faith and principles we can lean into to find the courage we need to stand strong for God in the midst of a godless culture. As a Christian, your voice and your example is needed now more than ever. So we'd like to send you a copy of Brave by Faith today when you give a gift of any amount to support the ministry of Bold Steps. Just call 844-615-7363. Once again, 844-615-7363. Or go online to boldstepsradio.org. And if it's easier, perhaps more convenient, you can send your donation and request for the book in the mail. Write to us at Bold Steps, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. That's 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. That's our time for today. I'm Wayne Shepherd, inviting you to join us again tomorrow when Mark continues this message. It's part of our new series, When You Believe, Everything Changes. And you'll hear more Tuesday, right here on Bold Steps with Mark Joe. Bold Steps is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.